yes, a living glory, living glory by and by. I'll tell and sing a story, tell a story, say, oh, I say with mighty Redeemer, they no more to die. Oh, yes, a living glory, glory by and by. The end I know is nearing, by faith I look away. To yonder old supernal, the land of endless day. I'll cling to him forever and look beyond the sky and spend the endless ages in glory by and by. Oh, yes, a living glory, living glory by and by. I'll tell and sing the story, tell and stay on high. Say with my dear Redeemer, they no more to, to die. Oh, yes, a living glory, glory by and by. Joy bells ring. He gave me a song. He gave me a song. Oh, wonderful 
On behalf of the family, I want to thank you for joining us today. We have gathered here to remember and celebrate the life of Floyd Lewis Siemens. But we've also gathered here to worship and honor God. There is grief, but there's also much joy as Floyd has entered into his eternal home with Jesus. May God grant us his presence, grace, and peace as we gather. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Almighty God, 
maker of heaven and earth. You alone are worthy of our praise and worship. As we remember and celebrate Floyd's life, we honor you as we honor him as one of your children. Father, I pray in your boundless compassion, console us as we mourn. Help us to see in death the gateway to eternal life. Bless our time, O Lord, as we've gathered here. And we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing together a terribly appropriate song for an occasion like this? What a day that will be. Why don't you stand with me as we sing together? There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears dim the eye all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore what a day glorious day that will be what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear. Sickness, no pain, no more parting over there, and forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be! What a day that will be when my Jesus. I shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day glorious day that will be Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. I want to invite Bailey up and some other family members uh, to hear uh, Floyd's life story and a few other memories about Floyd. Good morning. Floyd Lewis Siemens was born February 15, 1930 in Hutchinson, Kansas. He went to be with the Lord and Savior July 7th. 2022 at the age of 92. He was the only son of Harry and Helen Siemens. He had two older sisters, Lavella Adrian and Elma Jean Brandt, and one younger sister, Evelyn Fay, who died in infancy. 
As a boy, he lived on the homestead of his grandfather. His father, Harry Siemens, built an 11-room farmhouse, oh, an 11-room house on the home place. Floyd, Marie, Cindy, and Mark called this place home for a short time. Floyd bought a lot in town and built the house that they lived in for many years. Later, he built the house east of town. On September 27, 1952, Floyd married Marie Strauss. They had four children, Cynthia Kane, Mark Siemens, Tom Siemens, and Christine McFerrin. They have eight grandchildren, Ryan Kane, Lori Kane, Clinton Kane, Molly Yoder, Amanda McFerrin, Shelby Slabaugh, Clay Siemens, and Bailey Knapp. Six great-grandchildren were added to the family, Josh, Matthew, Colby, Nelson, Boone Kane, and Rhett Yoder. Floyd had a custom harvesting business from 1954 to 1994. It was a family business with Marie doing the cooking, laundry, and running the household for the family and crew. As the kids got old enough, they helped too. Mark and Tom helped in the field, and Cindy and Chris helped with the housekeeping duties. Through this business, the kids learned to have work ethic, and by receiving wages, they were taught to manage money at a young age. He also taught the family to have fun and taught God's creation as he drove us through national parks. We saw the parks from the back of a wheat truck that also served as a camper. During the winter months, he would get various temporary jobs. He started out driving truck for Heston Corp and later worked with electricians, plumbers, and carpenters, learning skills that he would use over and over to build his own houses or help kids remodel. Floyd had an interest in woodworking. We all have something he made us in his shop. He made toys, cabinets, furniture, or just a special box for special treasures. He and Marie would design them. He would build them and she would finish them, often with artwork. He also rebuilt a 1949 Jeep CJ2A and helped Ryan, his oldest grandson, rebuild a CJ7. Floyd loved working in the shop, creating, rebuilding, and refinishing whatever he could find. Anything to keep his mind and hands busy in retirement. Oh, in retirement, Floyd continued to stay in harvest mode. He drove a truck during fall harvest and worked at Gatterts during corn season. He loved those jobs. Floyd and Marie loved to travel and were overseas several times, going to Europe and the Holy Lands. They also visited all 50 states. Floyd accepted Christ as his savior at the age of 12 at a revival meeting. He was baptized in Finnemore Lake and was a lifelong member of Beeler Mennonite Brethren Church. He was an elder and served on several committees. He also loved to sing and the hymns were very special to him. He was a member of the 500 Mennonite Men's Chorus for several years. His faith was precious to him and his desire was that everyone will come to know Christ as his savior. Um, real quick, just to kick off some family memories, um, we mentioned that Grandpa worked for Gatterts, and anybody that knew him knew that Grandpa worked for Gatterts. Um, what you might not know is that I worked for Gatterts too. When I got there, nobody had any idea who I was, but everybody knew who Floyd was. <laughs> so <laughs> when we were sorting through corn or something, and he would lean over and tell somebody that he was working next to, hey, that's my granddaughter, they'd be like, really? Because, you know, she's not as good as you. But um, <laughs> he, was, he was so good at everything. My favorite days at Gatterts were when I didn't have a ride home, and I would get in the truck with Grandpa to go dump off the bad corn wherever that was going to be, and then we would go load up in his pickup, go to his house, make a sandwich, and take a nap. Um, so those were the best days, and if you thought he took that seriously, you were kind of wrong, because if you were ever to start to fall asleep while you were sorting corn, an ear of corn was coming at you. So, <laughs> happened to me several times, but never hurt. It was okay. <laughs> uh, so those are super fun, but Grandpa was always 
the biggest jokester I think I ever met when I was 16 years old, just got my Toyota Camry, took my friend over to Grandma and Grandpa's house. We were inside with Grandma, just talking about stuff, couldn't find Grandpa anywhere. Then he came in, talked like nothing was going on. We walked outside and there's no car. I was in sheer panic, my friend was in sheer panic, Grandma had no idea what was going on, and Grandpa was laughing so hard he couldn't contain himself. And then he told us, he's like, look over there, and my car was way off to the side, and all I could think about was, I just got robbed, and Mom and Dad are not getting me another car. <laughs> so he, from then on, I always pulled my keys out of my car. <laughs> One time I didn't, and he did it again, <laughs> so he knew where to go. But just so you know, the honoriness did not stop with him. There's a whole group up here that could also move your car at any point in time. So if you leave your keys in your car, it's on you now. Wow, thanks, Bailey. <laughs> That was awesome. Um, how cool is it that I get to talk at both of my grandparents' funerals? Um, I really don't know what I'm gonna say. I've made some notes and, and as I've worked throughout the last several days, um, lots of things come to mind for me, uh, for my grandpa, and I keep wondering why everybody keeps asking me if I was gonna speak at this. And uh, so I jotted some things down. I, Every time I thought about him, I thought about different things. And uh, what finally hit me was the other day when I pulled off a gravel road and my wife looks at me and says, why are you the way you are? <laughs> and it's mainly because it's just, I, I can't grow out of my lead foot. I can't, like I have to throw the back end out. I have to, I mean, even as we were leaving the cemetery today, I, I just, I skidded one just for Grandpa as we were around that corner. I mean, that's the way he was. And people, I don't know, I, he was my hero growing up. And uh, I think, I, I know he was because I wanted to be him. And uh, as I thought about him the last couple of days, I thought, I think I kind of am <laughs> now. And uh, just, I remember growing up, we would go to the shed and uh, I wanted to build something and so he'd have a scrap pile of wood out there. But before I could build it, I'd have to go to the bin that he made out of, out of an old oil can and it had crooked nails in it and I had to straighten the nails before I could build the airplane I wanted to build. So he would have one can and one empty can and I got to straighten nails so I could build it. And and I, and I swung, I mean, he had all the tools, but I still got to swing a hammer, and I still, to this day, love to swing a hammer. I just really enjoy driving nails. Um, there's some other things. Uh, I like to mess with people. I mean, Bailey hit it. Like, I love it. In fact, I think my family doesn't turn a corner in the house without worrying that I might be doing something to them around the corner. Um, and I know where I get that. Um, so I did, I did jot some things down at work. I don't know if, if any of these will ring true for you, for any of you who knew him. Or, um, I can't help it when I see a dog, I like to bark at it. 
Um, I just noticed, I don't know if they were playing the video, have they played the video yet? Grandpa's facial hair changed a lot. He had a beard in one picture, a mustache in another, a goatee, no, I don't know. Mine keeps changing too. It's just things I'm noticing. Um, trinkets. I love just little things that make my life easier. It's kind of hard. Amazon's just the terror for me, right? I mean, because there's, there's little things that, you know, ooh, that thing takes the top off the pop can so I can drink it like a cup, you know? Like this, this, is, this is the way Grandpa was. He loved those kinds of things. Um, just turning wrenches. I mean, I can remember him uh, after harvest, he'd have a trailer backed into the shed and he'd be working welding, he'd be taking things off. We'd, I got to help him replace the knives on the sickles several times. Um, that was, it was fun for me to turn those nuts with Grandpa. Um, I love working with my hands, and clearly he did. I mean, I bet about everybody here knows or has something that he's built. Um, so Bailey touched on that too. And then uh, just weed harvest. I don't know. I look forward to it every year. I love just when the wheat turns yellow and we walk out in it and it's waist deep. And it's just a memory I have of Grandpa. He was always excited, you know, when I saw him. When we'd visit him in Caldwell or wherever, he just he loved what he did and um, loved to be outside. He told me stories about when he used to be on combines um, with no cab on him. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, it was, but I love being outside too. I love being dirty. Um, and then uh, one of the other things when we were cleaning out his shed, we came across, I mean, everybody knows this, there were boxes, just little sickle, they were actually knife boxes, and they were just full of every size of nut and every coarse thread, fine thread, quarter inch, three eighths, and they were all divided out. And I remember working with him on my Jeep and when we needed something, he's like, it's over there, in that bin, right there. And I think I get that from him because I love my stuff to be organized. And, and I have those boxes, actually. I haven't even, at my house, I got to take them home. Um, and the can-do attitude that he had, that, that I don't need anybody's help to fix what I need to fix. I can fix it. And I know that, that I, I have that maybe to my detriment sometimes, but... Um, there wasn't anything he couldn't fix or anything he couldn't build, in my mind, anyway. And I'm hoping to continue that tradition, I guess. And then he loved to travel, and mostly he loved his family. And, and I was talking to, to Tom about this. Um, it's so cool when, when uh, I know that we lost him, but I know that we're not going to stop getting together, ever. Like, we get together a lot. I mean, it's significant, and it's awesome. And I know that's not going to change. And that's something he built into us. Um, and I hope I can build that into my family. And then um, the love of his wife, of grandma. Just, he just knew that he was head over heels. And he was head over heels all the way to the end for her. Um, every time I went and visited him, he talked about her. Every time. And so if I can be that kind of man, if I can be like he was, then I feel like, I'm doing okay. I don't think anything else has to be said from the grandkids after that. And Ryan, you are grandpa. 
in every way. And so is Tom and so is Mark. And probably so are all of the men in our family that have that blood. Um, it must have been really strong genetics because it's without a doubt he lives on in all of you guys. Um, and that's an awesome thing. I am actually um, going to read something that my mom, Cindy, wrote. Probably a little bit more on behalf of the, of the kids versus the grandkids, but obviously it rings true for all of us. She called it dad's slash grandpa's hands. So we're on a theme, I think, here with the hands. His hands were working hands. They were calloused, rough, and strong. Those hands provided well for his family. Though his hardworking hands, through his, through his hardworking hands, he taught us to be hard workers and enjoy life with time for recreation. His hands made many things that we all enjoy, from helping us rebuild or remodel or making furniture to making toys and toy boxes for his grandchildren and great-grandchildren. His hands were loving and correcting. These hands were gentle and kind as he comforted us when we skinned knees, broke arms, busted lips, or hurt fingers, all things that come with an active childhood. These hands can be seen as he cradled or hugged his grandchildren and great-grandchildren. The hands that corrected his children caused some pain, but through the pain, we learned about life and its consequences. Most importantly, his hands were prayerful. As his hands lost their roughness and strength, he folded them and prayed for his family. In these last months, he often asked, why am I still here? We told him, apparently someone still needs your prayers. He loved his family and he loved Jesus. We've lost a prayer warrior. Hopefully, now as we look at our hands, and some of us have hands that physically resemble his, we will use our hands as faithful as he did and pray for one another. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Grandpa. Thank you all for sharing uh, memories of Floyd. Uh, one more time, would you stand with me as we sing a worship song together? I'll fly away. Let's stand together as we sing. life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. Fly. 
fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. Amen. You can have a seat. I was thinking about this uh, this morning, and um, for those of you that attend Bueller MB and know me a little bit, this is going to be terribly uh, either ironic or or perhaps even a little bit ludicrous. That I'm going to talk about harvest, because how appropriate is that today, right? And as I understand the history in this area and even in our church, there have been a lot of custom cutters uh, in the community, and uh, Floyd was one of those, you know, that era when guys were uh, selling everything to buy their first combine and their first truck. I remember, I'm the, you, you can all smile this through and just laugh at the, the transplant city boy pastor that doesn't have a clue about ag stuff and harvesting. But I've, I've asked a lot of good questions. And harvest is a great, great illustration and theme in the New Testament. It's, it's marvelous. And so how could I resist? talking a little bit about harvest today as we, uh, as we remember Floyd and, and what a significant part of his life harvest was. And again, for so many people in this area. Uh, in the New Testament, we know that uh, Jesus loved to use illustrations about sowing and reaping, you know? And uh, there's uh, one of the most important parables that Jesus told was about soils and a, a farmer goes out and sows the seed and what that crop looked like with the different soils, the, the hard soil, the thorny soil, and, and then finally the good soil. And, uh, yeah, you know. uh, but Jesus himself in Matthew 9, so again, great illustration, but Jesus himself uh, in Matthew 9, I wanted to read a few verses from this. Here's what the word of God says. Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. So just to give you a snapshot, a picture, uh, Jesus is doing his thing. He's preaching about the kingdom. He's uh, healing, talking to people, building relations, telling people how they can have eternal life. And here the passage goes on. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So, you know, uh, pretty, pretty simple illustration, but let's make sure we know what we're talking about here. Jesus was using this agricultural harvesty illustration that his audience would have totally recognized, which my audience will totally have its own understanding of harvest to say, look, uh, I'm here, Jesus might have said, I'm here to collect those who will turn back to God, that will become God's people. And uh, uh, part of his thing, uh, part of his comment was we need, you know, he's talking to his followers, his disciples to say, hey, you're all my harvesters. We need to go out and harvest. And uh, uh, there's also then this part of us that we are also part of the crop. And uh, it's just a marvelous, marvelous illustration 
We know that God ultimately is the one who oversees the crops, nat both naturally, wheat, beans, whatever here, that God's, you know, he brings rain, he brings dry, he, you know, ultimately he's overseeing that, even more so than we're talking about the spiritual harvest and the life harvest. God oversees. But I'm sure that we could talk about you do still reap what you sow in all of those cases. Uh, good crops, good yield, bad crops, bad yield. And here's my guess without especially asking, uh, Floyd, and again, guys like him in this community, you've seen it all. You've been to places where, oh man, this is terrible. They're going to get, you know, uh, I was going to say something that wouldn't make sense. Hmm. But anyway, bad crops, good crops, and I'm sure Floyd saw it all. And uh, again, a marvelous illustration for what it means to follow Jesus and to be part of that good crop, because Jesus himself said in the parable of the soils, uh, we're interested in a, uh, you know, 10, 60, 100 fold crop. And that's why we go out and work. And he was talking spiritually, people who would turn to him. And that's, um, that's something the family was pretty clear with me. They said, you know, dad, dad was very interested in making sure uh, you make it clear what it means to follow Jesus. So I'm going to do that today, rest assured. But I'm struck by something whenever we get to this point with people like Floyd, who are Jesus followers, who uh, are in eternity in heaven. They found their home, and, and we talk like that, and we talk about celebrating his passing. And I realize that to the world, to the world around us, this seems kind of weird, kind of upside down and backwards. What do you, this guy has died. What are you celebrating? And... Um, you know, and in some ways, we, we should engage in that conversation because it's a great opportunity, right? But so we talk about, we want you to come celebrate Floyd's homegoing, his eternity in heaven with Jesus, all these different ways we could say that. And again, the world might find that a little bit strange. But it's important for us to do that. Because ultimately, that's what it's all about. Uh, and uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4 talks about this very thing. And he says in 1 Thessalonians 4, Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. Already, Paul is shifting the paradigm. We love to talk like that these days, right? And again, the upside-down version of a funeral when it's a Jesus follower like Floyd. Um, uh, Paul says, who sleep in death. He's already trying to soften death. It's just kind of like sleep when you're a Jesus follower. Okay, okay, it goes on. So that you, uh, Paul writes, so that you won't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Let me say that again. He, he says, look, my brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Because you need to hear that message very clearly when we celebrate uh, a Jesus follower, one of God's children going home to heaven. Uh, it is all about hope. And we've been talking about that in our church on Sundays about we have our hope only in Jesus. Paul goes on to explain then why we can grieve differently, why we have hope. For we believe, he says, that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. 
According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself, and this is goosebump stuff, people, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's Floyd. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And then Paul says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. See, and that's what we do regularly when we lay to rest somebody who is followed Jesus, trusted Jesus, put their faith in Jesus because we know ultimately they are where they belong. And that is encouraging then for us to remind ourselves. Our hope is only in Jesus. Our hope, not just that, you know, it'll be cool to be in this wonderful place, to see people we haven't seen uh, that we're reunited with. All of that's marvelous. But the best part, best, best part will be with Jesus. That's what it's all been about, to be with Jesus. So we can celebrate at a funeral instead of, you know, we temper, there's clearly grieving and mourning, and Jesus has promised that we can be comforted in our grief. But we celebrate at a funeral because God is calling us home. It's very typical, traditional, uh, that a family might have suggestions or even hand me uh, the person's Bible, and the family did that with Floyd. And he, he did me a favor, because he set me up pretty well for a couple of things just for a couple of minutes today. He had a couple of Psalms highlighted that are just marvelous. I wanna read from Psalm 34. Here's what Psalm 34 says in the first 10 verses. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may go, grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So Floyd had made a little note, and uh, along with this, Psalm 34, he had written a couple of really important words about this. I'll get to those in a second. But look at this, just these first 10 verses. What a great passage to remind us. Uh, it, it's almost one of those passages that you, you need to revisit regularly, maybe even, you know, weekly, daily sometimes, because look what happens. In the first three verses, we see such appropriate worship of the God of the universe. I will extol the Lord at all times. 
His praise always on my lips. I will glory. And in the invitation, let's worship together. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What a great reminder. What a great uh, idea that we were created to honor, worship, and praise the God of the universe. But then one of the words that Floyd had written next to Psalm 34 was deliverer. And that happens in verses 4 through 7. Uh, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. You know, that, that's not nothing. That's, that's weighty. That is significant. He delivered me from all my fears. Uh, and then in verse 6, uh, the, Lord, the poor man called, the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his trouble. And then verse 7, uh, the angel comes and he delivers his people. Uh, what a reminder, what a reminder that God is deliverer and savior and redeemer. And this was all, remember, this was a psalm. This was written way before Jesus came. Marvelous. And then the other word that Floyd had written uh, next to this Psalm 34 was provider. And these last three verses that I read remind us of this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. For the fear the Lord, for those who fear him, lack nothing. And that's not just kind sentiments or, oh, isn't that a nice thought? This is the reminder that God provides for his people. He is the provider. Uh, verse 10 says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So what a, you know, just a, one of these passages, a psalm that encompasses so many great spiritual truths. And Floyd had made a comment about this. You know, uh, I, I don't know, but I'm hopeful that it was encouraging to him regularly as he looked at something like Psalms 30, Psalm 34. The other psalm, uh, one of the other passages Floyd had mentioned in his Bible was Psalm 68. And I only want to read a couple verses from Psalm 68. And you're going to see uh, a little bit of the theme going throughout here, but also how significant this is. Praise be to the Lord, Psalm 68, 19 says. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Verse 20, our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. So here we are again. This upside-down approach to funerals and memorial services to say, well, why can you celebrate? Because God's word said and what he has proven in the coming of Jesus and for those who trust in him, the sovereign Lord comes uh, from the sovereign Lord comes escape even from death. See, because death is the ultimate thing, humanly speaking, right? It's the end. It's destruction. It's terrible, whatever, if you don't have the right perspective. And so the psalmist can say, our God is a God who saves and ultimately, he saves us even from death. Now, they go, wait, wait, wait. Floyd died? Yeah. But like I said, out at the gravesite, that was just his physical essence. The real Floyd lives on in Jesus' presence because he put his faith in him. So uh, Floyd didn't know it, but he was setting me up well for my comments today from Psalm 68. What a reminder. So... Back to the harvest thing before we're finished. Because it's important. And like I said, 
the family was very much adamant to say, we want to make sure that anybody in the room, and I share this sentiment, anybody in the room that might not understand what it means to follow Jesus, put their faith and trust in him, should get that clear picture today, and I hope that I'm giving that today. Because here's the illustration, and this is where, again, it's okay to chuckle with the transplant city boy that doesn't know anything about ag. But I ask the right questions, and here's as I think it goes. Even today, when a combine is harvesting, <laughs> the, uh, the combine has, I, I thought it was called a hopper. I asked a couple other people, too, and they said, well, I guess so. But the bin, whatever, and it fills up with the good grain, right? And then that can go onto a cart or a truck and off to the elevator. And if you want to take the, a very silly, uh, a, a silly aspect of this illustration, the elevator can be heaven, sort of. The good grain gets to go to its ultimate reward. Okay, ultimately it ends up in our tummies as bread and whatever, right? But, you know, but for this case, for the, for the, uh, you know, the elevator can be, because that's where the good grain goes. You've been harvested. This is the good grain. This is what Jesus might say is those people who will trust in me. But what happens is, as I understand it, and again, every illustration breaks down at some points, but I actually think I'm pretty clever on this one. <laughs> but what happens not in the hopper, the good grain, is chaff and straw, right? And that gets kicked out the back. Well, well here's the thing. Here's the illustration. This, this what we're doing today for Floyd would be very different if you don't know who Jesus is. And it would, it would look and feel a lot like that chaff that's just sort of spewed out the back of the combine. You don't get to the elevator. Okay, you know that's a very silly illustration, right? But here's the message. It is a very different funeral memorial service if you don't know Jesus. It is a very different reality if you don't know Jesus. And so we can celebrate and rejoice because Floyd had his faith in the only one who could provide an eternity with God forever. Can't earn your way, can't work your way. It's all about putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. And if there's anybody here today that doesn't know what that's all about, I would encourage you. I'm looking around the room, and I know there's a lot of us that would love to share with you what that really means. I'm top of the list. But don't miss an opportunity to have a relationship with the God of the universe through putting your faith in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being the Lord of the harvest. Thank you for grace, for mercy, for forgiveness. God, thank you for having a plan to bring us back to yourself through Jesus. God, thank you for Floyd. Thank you for his family, for his friends, for his community, for the work he did all his life. God, we're thankful for Floyd's life and for all of that. But we're so thankful that he had his faith, his trust in you. He's become part of the harvest. And Father, we all long for the day that we could join him. Thank you for your presence with us.
thank you for all that you do. May only you receive honor and glory. We love you in Jesus' name.
Yes. Wagon wheels, wagon wheels, keep on turning. Wagon wheels, roll along, sing your song. Wagon wheels, carry me home. Come on now, there's a steamer at the landing, waiting for the spotting to load. There's a pasture at the end of each road. Wagon wheels, wagon wheels, keep on the turning. Wagon wheels, go along, sing to your song. Wagon wheels, carry me home. Wagon wheels, carry me You're tempted to think how, oh, meaningful that was, but it, uh, the story is when Floyd was in eighth grade, uh, it was for a contest or something, and he didn't want to do it, but he was sort of coerced, <laughs> and he ended up singing that song, and uh, he ended, he, that recording was made at SMRC not that long ago, so we wanted to share that with you as well, so great stuff. I uh, just want to let you know that interment took place just prior to this service. And I also want to invite you all to a light meal immediately following the service in the fellowship hall. And uh, I'm going to speak a benediction in just a moment. And then we'll have the family exit first. And you can follow directly and have a meal and greet them as we go uh, right after this. Okay? So please hear this benediction. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. May he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good word and deed. Amen and amen. Sing to me of heaven, sing that song of peace. From the toils that find me, it will bring release. Burdens will be lifted that are pressing so. Showers of great blessing o'er my heart will flow. Sing to sing me to of me heaven, heaven, let me fondly, let me fondly dream of its gold. Of its gold. Shadows of the evening fall. Sing to me of heaven, sweetest song of all. Sing to me of heaven as I walk alone, dreaming of the comrades that so long have gone. In a fairer region, among the angel throng, they are happy as they sing that old sweet song. Sing to, Sing to me, me of heaven, let me finally dream of its golden, of its golden glory, of its pearly gleam. Sing to Sing me to when shadows of the evening fall. Sing to Sing me, me of heaven, sweetest song of all. 
Sing to me of heaven tenderly and low, till the shadows o'er me rise and swiftly go. When my heart is weary, when the day is long, sing to me of heaven, sing that old sweet song. Sing to me of heaven, let me fondly dream of its golden glory, of its pearly gleam. Sing to me when shadows of the evening fall. Sing to me of heaven, sweetest song.
have found a friend in Jesus, he's everywhere.